On this episode of A State of Control, we talk about artificial intelligence, otherwise known as AI. Uh, how is ChatGPT going to be used in the AV space? What does this mean to programmers? And how is the use of AI or machine learning different from what we know as control and automation? All that and more on A State of Control. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Nation is brought to you by Atlona, the go-to provider for AV signal distribution and control in corporate, higher education, and residential spaces. Learn more at atlona.com. A State of Control. A State of Control, Episode 104, Prompt Engineer. Welcome to A State of Control, an aviation podcast that highlights the control, programming, and automation aspects of the audiovisual industry. My name is Steve Greenblatt. I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we're going to talk about what might be a little bit of a hot button topic and something that's been talked about quite a bit in the news lately, quite a bit in society, and that's uh, the impact of artificial intelligence, otherwise known as AI. And uh, how does that impact our world in, in AV, in AV systems, programming, control, and so forth? So that's going to be an exciting discussion. And with me to have that are uh, two returning guests, and uh, we'll introduce those. But before I do, I have to say hello to my partner here at Estata Control, none other than Uncle Richie, Rich Fragosa. How are you, Rich? Good. Mellow West Coast greetings. I'm glad to be back. It's actually, I'm glad to have our guests here as well. So it's uh, looking forward about talking about this one. We got this routine going, you know, we're on the way to 200. So it's... Uh, I'm telling you, just going to just mash, mash the gas pedal on it. That's right. <laughs> Our contract has been renewed, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're, with us uh, are our two returning guests. Uh, one you've gotten to know uh, from uh, frequent appearances, and his name is Mike Krejci from CTI. Welcome, Mike. Hey, thanks for having me back, Steve. It, uh, it feels good to be back in the same room as uh, you and Uncle Richie uh, get to talk, get to chit-chat. Uh, glad to be here. And hopefully we'll get to see you in person sometime soon. Hopefully in June. That's right. And uh, next is uh, someone who's making her second appearance and somebody I've gotten to know through AV in the AM. If you're not on AV in the AM, that's the uh, Sunday morning chat on Twitter run by our friend uh, Chris Netto. And um, her name is Kate Atkins, and she's from Root Integrated Systems. Welcome back, Kate. Hey, thanks for having me back. I'm super excited to be here again. Thanks for being here. So as I said, um, in the beginning, artificial intelligence is something that we, we've come to know quite a bit. And what's probably made it mainstream is something called ChatGPT. And what we'll get into a little bit of what that is and and um, what impact that in particular has. But we, we've been seeing AI uh, come into the fold in AV for, for some time now, little by little. Um, I would argue that AI is a part of voice control. Uh, it also does some facial recognition, some vo voice and camera tracking and so forth. Um, but let, let's um, break this down, Rich. Um, when, when we're talking about artificial intelligence, 
How does that differ from what we commonly know in uh, the control and programming world is, you know, automation? What, what's the difference and, and what, where, where does AI really kind of go in, come into its own and, and, um, and, and offer more than what we've done in the past? Well, it's, it's, this topic is interesting because we, um, just a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, I, I work with one of the other voice control vendors, um, for residential systems. And the big topic, um, was about the integration of chat GPT and, and how to leverage it. And, and there were some great points on what it is, what it isn't, how it is going to affect, cause it is going to affect the industries. I mean, and, and again, this is, uh, you know, I mean, this is kind of like the introduction of worldwide web stuff. I mean, I don't think currently the general populace fully understands what a significant accelerated jump in what I refer to as machine learning. So, you know, AI is the easy way to digest it, right? It's, it's the HAL 2000, it's the Jarvis, right? It's, it's the, the easiest way to touch onto the technology. But from our technical side, what we're what we really are focusing on is machine learning, right? We are taking that blank slate. It is a, a you know the the equivalent of the old web crawler, right? You know, and it would go out and you ask it a question and it, and it and it grabs it and it consolidates it and you know the kind of the key what they always say with Chat GPT is that it provides results in an easy to understand human format, right? Um, and, you know, we all are part of the same Facebook groups and, and Discord groups and, and everything that's there. And so you'll see people have been like, oh, I write in this programming language. And, you know, they'll tell an example. If I told it an example of make a two-way combining room using this, 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 and this, and write me in the code in X style. And they spit out the screenshot of what it did. You know, would it work? Potentially, you know, was it going to be 100%? No, but it's a step in the right direction in terms of being able to do some of the um, kind of the low hanging fruit of it. Um, so, you know, as it relates to our industry, I think that it is going to be a lot more, its reach is going to be different than we expect. It, you're not going to just walk up to a microphone and have the sales manager, uh, you know, walk a client through uh, a 30 room uh, huddle space, you know, and go, Hey, watch this. We're going to program your room. No programming required. I mean, that's going to be the sell of any marketing manager uh, or anybody in marketing positions in a company that all of a sudden they've decided that they're programmers because they've got this magic box. Um, you know, that, that, that's going to be giving the toddler, uh, you know, a puppy and a triple espresso, right? Is that we're going to let marketing and sales um, decide that all of a sudden, hey, well, I've, I've heard about this thing and away it's going to go. So the misconceptions will be an interesting adventure because it will require the technical, okay, now let's really talk about what we're doing um, and how we're going to bring it together. Uh, but, to, but to ignore it would be silly. Um, embracing it, it's going to be interesting because again, it's, it's much like voice control. It's much like other technologies that require almost incomprehensible amounts of data to go through is not going to be performed at a local level. So 
the market segments that ChatGPT will be used in initially are going to be in non-secure segments because one, you got to get out to get the information and bring it back. Two, and they see it, you know, explicitly when you talk to anybody with any in-depth knowledge about ChatGPT, it's inaccurate. <laughs> you know, it is machine learning. It just grabs stuff and then it presents it to you. And if Again, if, you know, the non-technical side decides that, you know, well, the wiki page says it's what must be true, that's the technical equivalent of it. Uh, you know, it's created this giant wiki page for you. So I think the hardest part is going to be the misuse and the misconceptions of the technology. I think it'll be a powerful tool at some point in the industry in order to be able to leverage it. And it might be at the manufacturer level. You know, I don't know necessarily how at the integrator level or the systems programmer level, other than if you grab somebody and it's their first time in your training, you're like, okay, here's a starting point. Do this now, fix it and bring it to me. You know, I, I you know, I can see that as a training tool. Like if you've got newer programmers, um, that would be a great resource as a training utility, right? Because if they don't know nothing about nothing, they're like, I'll chat GPT it, right? You know, I mean, you're already seeing it in education. Right. You're already getting tools to be able to break down to say, hey, this is <laughs> you didn't write this. Um, but but there's 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 always value in the technology. I think the, the biggest part is not going to be the technology itself. I think it's going to hit us like a landslide. The hardest part is going to be kind of that elephant and, you know, eating it one bite at a time and figuring out what to do with it. There's a couple of different directions that I want to go with that. And I'm going to, and so I'm going to leave the code writing part for, for the second part, because I thought that would be the grand finale. And I think that, that that's something that we'll have a lot of uh, opinions and thoughts about, but before we get there, Mike, uh, I'll, I'll let you kind of jump into this. As Rich said, we're, you, we often have sales and marketing people and I've, becoming one of them myself. So I'm going to uh, have to call, call that out. Um, it, you know, we're, we uh, tend to maybe uh, sensationalize what a system can do. And they, we, we talk about the experience of walking into a room and it knows that you're there and it sets it up for you and all the uh, nine yards about um, the, being able to um, include those personal preferences and, and customization on the fly. Is that w w something that we're going to get from artificial intelligence? Is that, uh, is, is that going to eventually become a reality is, um, or is there another way that we're going to be able to use artificial intelligence in, in our um, system uh, functionality, let's say? Yeah, and I see that on the horizon. Um, you know, we all have meetings on Teams, Zooms, WebEx, um, and they're all using AI already, right? Our, our, the, the Teams room, the Zooms rooms we use, they're already finding people in the frame, right? And th that's not the camera doing it. That's, you know, some sort of machine learning where they send it a whole bunch of pictures of people and it found out who people were, right? And that's been getting better and better and better. It's an iterative process. It you know, it's been trained to do that. And the same thing with audio. It's been uh, noise cancellation, noise reduction, you know, getting rid of, you know, someone who's opening up a bag of chips and you don't hear it on the microphone or the far end of the call. Um, 
that's already there. Teams and Zoom and WebEx, all those big platforms are already utilizing that technology to make our AV world better. It's not something we're even creating. It's just something us and our users are interacting with. Um, it's a tool, right? And I think some of the stuff that Microsoft, that Zoom already knows about us. Microsoft knows a whole heck of a lot about me, right? Our email is in Microsoft. We use Teams every day. It's got so many pictures, videos of me. Um, and I think some of the stuff their plan is to, if an, I'm in a conference room, I'm invited in that conference room. It's going to frame me out and say, hey, that's Mike sitting at the head of the table. Let's put his name under him. When we write the transcript on the call, we're going to know Mike's in that conference room with four other people. We know that's Mike because we know what his voice sounds like. We know what he looks like. Let's transcript him as Mike. So it's only a matter of time before we can then take that data, get it out of, you know, whatever video platform it is that knows us, that knows everything about us. And then we can utilize that from our side uh, so we can go and use our control systems, our automation processes to take that information. That's Mike, that's Steve, that's Rich and bring it in to do the AV work. Um, you know, I don't think the conference, you know, Microsoft or Teams or WebEx or Zoom is going to do that natively, but they're going to pass that information along to us in some format that we're going to be able to act on it and do something cool with it. Kate, uh, I'll, I'll have you jump in uh, to continue this thought a bit. And, and uh, the other wrinkle I'm going to throw in is that we also are hearing that um, AI could even generate uh, user interface, perhaps, and and be you know uh, be be able to provide artwork and graphics and so forth, and and potentially um, make adjustments on the fly. Let's say as Mike's talking, is is do you see things going in that direction, and will that be a benefit? Yeah, so I definitely see that stuff coming down the line. I, we're definitely not quite there yet. Um, if you look at the things like um, if you've looked at Mid Journey, right, it's you know, that's the, the AI that's kind of generating images um, based on a prompt that you give to it. Um, so it's it's pretty good, but it's not great yet. And it's still got a lot to learn. Um, so, so it's coming. Uh, I think what it's going to do for us um, in terms of like how it's going to change the way we work is we're going to have to kind of become prompt engineers, which is something I'd never heard of until a couple of weeks ago when I was starting to read about this. But it's the, that idea of... Um, knowing like exactly how to get what you want out of the system and, or out of the AI or, you know, whatever, um, what, what things do you put in to get the result that you want? Um, and knowing how to do that, it's not as simple as you think it is. You know, you can, you can type, you know, give me a UI that's blue and has camera controls and it's going to give you something completely different. Um, unless you know specifically what to put in there. Right. So um, I think that's something that's going to be coming. It's, it's right right now for inspiration, you know, giving something, something like totally off the wall I wouldn't have even thought of before. Give me something cool to, to look at that I can take in and um, modify. But yeah, it definitely is going to be a lot of knowing what to put in to get what you want out of it and then having to interpret what it gives you and tweak that um, and, and try and make it work for what you want to do. So, yeah, like I said, I think inspiration is kind of where it's at right now. I don't know that it's fully going to become like you just tell it what you want and it does it for you and you can just leave it because, I mean, 
it's a computer. And like the best thing about computers is they do exactly what you want them to. The worst thing about computers is they do exactly what you tell them to do. So you have to like know exactly what you want to tell them. So, I mean, I don't see that changing, but yeah, it's it's definitely going to be something really cool coming down the line. I glad you went in that direction because that's where I wanted to take the conversation next. And, and Richelle, kind of, kind of turn it over to you is that are we going to find ourselves where there's a power struggle where AI is going to want to do one thing and we're going to want to do something else. And we, we almost have to be um, defeating it in some regard because like we, we often see in, in the control world is sometimes automation gets in the way of being able to create the user experience that you're trying to deliver based on what the client has told you that they want. Yeah. And again, it's going to be based upon the flow of information. I mean, it was in it, uh, uh, you know, I guess I was talking a couple of weeks ago, we, we were going through kind of iterations of, you know, chat GPT integrated into one of the, <laughs> these control systems or some betas being run. And one of the interesting takeaways is that because the amount of data being consumed and, and, and analyzed and interpolated and moving, you can basically ask it the same thing in the span of an hour and get two different results because it is not going to be, unless you're like absolutely word for word, perfect all the way through. Um, because again, like Kate was saying, the machine's machine, right? Your data in and your data out. But because it is moving at such a pace, you have repeatability issues because it's, as it's becoming more aware, let's call it, um, it's going to change. Now, what Kate brought up kind of sparked a thought in my mind, which was, yeah, it, it, it's a great way to maybe consider all of your experience in UX and UI and, um, you know, psychovisual and, 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 you know, all of the things that go to an experience, right? And my first thought was like, you know, It'd be interesting for me to go create a interface focused on the rule of thirds that is compliant with the American Disabilities Act, right? Oh, you know, all of a sudden, I don't have to be a subject matter expert on the American Disability Acts in terms of visual cues on a panel and have it go, hey, here are some of the ground rules. So, you know, there's some power in that, in, in being able to use it to fine tune your skill set as a takeoff. And it, I mean, it could be a hot mess when it shows up, but you didn't burn, <laughs> you know, days on it and have it go, yeah, that didn't work um, with, with, with resources. Right. I mean, and, and that's it is that, you know, it is for now a free sandbox, you know, a resource to, to muck around with. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, well, nothing lost, right? Potentially some new ideas that come from it, you know, and, and, and you know, there, it, it was exactly like it was, a, it's a tool, you know, it, it, you can take it and leverage it, hopefully if you're smart, to expand upon what your core strengths are or be able to draw in your weaknesses and be able to highlight it in a way that maybe it's more understandable, Um you know, I mean, again, it's like, it's like, you know, no programming programming is, you know, are, are all of a sudden you're going to have, you know, four stations of chat GPI bots on staff that are just churning out code, you know, for, for conference rooms. Like, no, that's not going to happen. I mean, come on, it, it, you know, again, that's it, the sky is falling fears of all of these things. You know, I mean, you need the marketing hype to push it. 
you know, I'm sure every company owner is just going, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to fire everybody. You know, it's, but it's not going to happen. Uh, however, um, people who are in positions to um, help train their staff, I think it is a good way for them to use it. And just in the same way that you'd hand them a sample program of, hey, this is how we do it. These are the standards that we follow. Paint between the lines. You know, again, you can use outside information to help establish those lines, and then you can get creative within those lines, but you still got to get work done. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it's a great tool to have available. I think that there will be creative ways that we haven't even thought of in our industry to be able to use it. Uh, but a big part of it is like everything else, right? I think there's going to be people in our industry who kind of will just hammer away at it and find ways to help that make them better. Um, there are other people going to look at it and go as, as a novelty and go, oh yeah, okay, great. I tried it. It didn't work, you know, but, but there's going to be a lot, you know, in between. And, and so it's one of those things that don't sleep on it, but you're also not going to, you know, um, bank your company's future on it either. Uh, you know, there's going to be a medium in between. And even if you have two integrators and they go, oh yeah, you know, we can reduce our programming costs by 80%. Well, why? We're using chat GPT as, as our mainframe. Come on. Um, you know, I mean, that's going to be a great story, uh, but it's still going to require like everything else, right? You know, it may get you, let, let, let's just say, you know, let's say it'll get you, it gets the first 30% done. You still got to do that last 70, last 10% last 1%, right? You know, the difference between starting a job and finishing a job. And, and so I think that chat GPT will be that job starter. It sure as heck ain't going to be a job finisher. Well, like you were saying, I mean, it's, it's a great place to start. So like I was playing around with it the other day and I told it to, you know, write me a Lewis script that can route any of five sources to any of three displays. Um, so it wrote me a script, which was awesome. And it, but it did things in like this really weird way that I was like, you know, I would have never have thought to put a table that tells me like, can I actually route that source to that display? Like it built that out for me, but it doesn't write out the commands for you. It just gives you, here's the comment that says print, I'm going to route this now. So now you have to do that rest of the bit, but it gives you that framework to start from. Um, and it kind of lets you see like, oh, that's, that's an interesting way to do it. That's a function that I wouldn't have thought of before. That's a cool framework. Let me try that and let me work with it. So, I mean, it's definitely, like you said, it's a really good place to start, but it's not going to do the whole thing for you. And, you know, to tap onto Rich there too, it's a tool, right? Like, I think I've got pages of notes here, what I took for them for today. And every one of them, I looked at the top and I go, oh, every line at the top one, it's a tool, right? It's, it's not replacing a programmer. It's not you know, replacing one of us, none of our jobs are going away anytime soon. It's another tool we can use to create our jobs, make our lives easier. You know, how many times have we Googled how to program, you know, how to do something in, in a programming language? It's the same thing as Googling, going to Stack Exchange, something like that. Um, it's now having an AI do all the looking up for us based on everything it knows, which is a whole heck of a lot. Um, you know, one of the instances I've used it recently is we got some information back from a device that we were trying to control and shocker of shocks, it didn't match its API. You know, so we were then trying to parse out this data and something we've all done before, parse out a, ser 
you know, a string of data come back to handle that process and do something with it through that information into ChatGPT. Here's the data I got back, write a method to export this information out of it. And it did it. Could I have wrote it? Absolutely. It would have taken me 10, 15 minutes to write it. It took it 30 seconds and I had the code. It worked. I was able to drop it in, save me time. Is that time now I'm not billable? Sure. It's time I can do something else though. I can make that code a little bit better. I can spend a little bit more time with the client. I can spend a little bit more working on some of those nuances in the user experience because I didn't have to go write this parsing data. It's just another tool, right? To add to our, our system and make our lives as programmers a little bit easier. And, and I'm lazy, so making myself a little bit you know, taking off a little bit of work is a, is a good thing for me. Yeah. And I mean, I think what you said about, you know, it, it lets you spend that a little bit extra time on the user experience now. Right. So like, that's where we can really show our value like is, is, you know, developing that user experience. Do we get, you know, that extra five minutes back that we can put into something else and make it just that much better. I mean, it's just going to make the whole, the whole product better all around. Uh, let's piggyback on that a little bit, Kate. Um, when we, because it's going to happen. We're going to get challenged in saying that just like just like we've seen before, we talked about you know this could be the ultimate and no code required solutions. Uh, how, how do we um, how do how do we clarify that and how, and and educate the industry so that they understand that this is a tool, as Mike said, and and um, the programmer still has to be part of that equation. Yeah, I think you have to just remember that, you know, what is AI, what is machine learning? It's statistics, right? So it's a computer that is looking at this large data set and it's saying, statistically, this thing happens this often or this thing follows this thing that often. Um, and it's building your results from that. Um, so we need to understand that statistics is great for the big picture but it's not going to focus on the specific instance that I have right here. I need to know how to apply what I've learned through that statistics to that specific instance um, and figure out, you know, if, if we're in the business of making these custom systems, like they're going to be custom. They can't be just like, Oh, you know, 50% of the world does it this way. So there you go. That's what you get. Like that's the, that's not the point of doing a custom control system. It's to make it, it fit for that particular um, customer, that particular use case. Um, things like that. So, so making sure we keep that in mind. Also, like I said, it's, it's looking at data sets. So the data, you know, the statistics and everything is only going to be so good as the data set that we have. So where do we get that data set from? Where is that coming from? We need to make sure we also understand that too and how to use it. So we can't just be like, oh yeah, you know, it just automatically knows exactly how you want to control this conference room. Unless you're feeding it how you want to control that conference room and giving that statistic to it, it has no idea. It's just going off of like what somebody down the road likes, you know? So um, it's definitely just, just keeping in mind that it is a tool. It's a great tool, but it's a tool and there still needs to be interpretation and intention behind using it. Mike, uh, you know, kind of going a little bit further with that. Um, are we going to be able to customize maybe our AI so that we could feed it information so that maybe you have libraries that you like to work with or ways that you like to do things and then find 
the real leverage power in writing code a lot quicker, but that could be another way to be able to say, um, here's what I want you to reference when we're when I'm asking these questions and when I'm trying to to get the the uh, the outcome that I'm looking for. Yes, and I think it's only going to get better. You know, we're referencing ChatGPT here because it's the one that's popular, but there's people that are already putting skins on top of it, right? They're putting, they're already taking that data and doing something else with it, and giving, feeding another interface to control the machine, right? Um, so, yes, the and I've done that, right? Is I've given a uh, a link to a website that had a whole bunch of data in it already because it didn't know what I wanted it to know. So I gave it something to read and I said, here, look at this and then do something based on that API. It was then able to take that. So we can feed it, I think almost anything, we can feed it our code examples, we can feed it documents. We And I've corrected it. I, I didn't like that option. Do it with this. Oh, I don't like this do it that way. And it changes. It, it doesn't care. It's not a person with emotions. So if you say, no, you're wrong. I didn't want that. It'll fix it. Um, me and the wife uh, prompted ChatGPT a couple weeks ago to make some recipes. We were hungry for dinner. We wanted something. So I said, make me a burger based on Disney's orange bird character. So Mitchell's probably going to put a little orange bird up here in the screen now. So for those of you who don't know it, but it's a little bird that's shaped like an orange. It came back with a recipe and a story about this burger. It had citrus mayonnaise on it and a, and a so and a orange sauce. It was pretty good. And I said, yeah, I don't like this thing on top of it. Can you adjust the recipe? Yep. I'll adjust that. And it pops out a new recipe. It doesn't care. So anything we want it to do, it can do. It's just a matter of having that patience for the prompt. And I really liked what Kate said, the prompt engineer. Uh, that was a term I haven't heard until today. And I really like that is you have to be patient of not expecting exactly what you want on the first try and getting better and better at it and tweaking what you want to say and trying to get the most out of it. If you just write a sentence and say, do this for me, it's not going to come up with what you want, but you really have to articulate what you want it to do, how you want it to do it, and continue asking until you get what you want. Well, I think that this is probably a conversation that's going to continue for some time, and unfortunately, we're, we're running low, but I do want to give us a chance to wrap up um, with, with a couple of final thoughts. So, so just quickly... Um, Kate, where, where do you think we see things going with, with, um, with AI and what, and what uh, I, I'm presuming that we're going to believe that this is going to have a positive impact on what we do, but, but what, what are some, some thoughts that you have about uh, what, what we might see in the future? Yeah, so I hope that it's positive, right? I think we all hope that it's positive. And I think it's uh, just in, in AV in general, there's a, there's a lot of cool things that it can do um, that can help with that we're already seeing with, you know, audio processing and cameras and all that sort of stuff. Um, I think it's going to be great for um, monitoring and management. Uh, if we can figure out ways to, to add that in, it's going to be a fantastic tool for that. 
Um, as far as what I, I see happening for us as programmers, um, I think you posted that question on AV in the AM about what's, what's it going to look like in one to five years. And the first thing that came to my mind was that clip from Jurassic World of Chris Pratt, you know, holding all the raptors back because there's like three raptors surrounding him, right, that are like coming at him. And he's like, you know, wrangling them. I think that's going to be kind of what we come. We, we become the, the AI wranglers. And, and drawing out of the AI what we want it to do um, and keeping the rails on it and keeping it, you know, pointed in the right direction that we want it to go. But I think, you know, somebody's going to have to do that. And what better group of people than the people like us who are already used to extracting from a computer what we want it to do, right? So I think that's going to be um, kind of the direction that we're going to be going. And it's, it's going to be a great tool for us as long as we figure out how to use it, right? With power comes responsibility, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Thanks. Mike, uh, similar question. Uh, wh where do you see things going and, and um, what impact do you think it's going to have on, on what we do, as, as Kate mentioned? I think we're going to see a lot of people use it, and I think we're going to see a lot of conversations about it, um, not just in programming, but in the whole industry, uh, whether it's manufacturers, um you know, coming up with new products that utilize this technology, whether it's a, you know, a software house, Steve, like yours, one of your peers, you know, coming up with some platform to do it on a smaller, more micro scale, uh, whether it's an engineer, you know, trying to design a room and having ChatGPT help the, or one of the AIs help build its bill of materials right out the scope of work. Uh, you know, some of the simpler tasks that we we all do on a daily basis in letting the machine handle it. Um, I think that's something that we're going to see. And um, I hope it makes us all a little bit more efficient, right? Uh, we're all probably a little bit overworked and, you know, put in more than the, the standard American eight hours. So if that can get that number down a little bit closer to eight, you know, it, it gives us a little bit more room to, br to breathe, to, to help our own, uh, mental life, it can help our customers make a better product, then that's really the goal, right? Is just to uh, make our lives easier with it. So that's where I kind of see it going. And uh, it's a tool I'm using pretty regularly. It's a tab that's open on my browser almost every day. Uh, uh, whether or not I use it for something big or something small, I'm trying to add it into my workflow. So I like that too. <laughs> hoping for some good things and uh, cutting down on, on uh, everybody's workload would, would be quite nice. Uh, Rich, last, uh, last pass around what um, final thoughts from you and uh, you know, where, where do you see things going with this and, and is it going to be something that's going to have a positive impact on us? I do. I think what's interesting for me and, and like really during the course of this conversation is I think it might be a way to help bridge the non-technical requests with the technical delivery. And, and again, you know, if you have somebody and they say, yeah, you know, we're selling this four-way divisible room and this, that, you know, I'm like, okay, well, great. You know, show us a chat, chat GPT version of, of what you think it's going to be like, and they'll, you know, hand it over and walk over and you get to go, okay, this works. This doesn't, but now do you understand why? Because here is the other information that supports because, you know, you do get to get that human element of being able to, you know, again, bridge that gap between 
you know, the the marketing side and the engineering side. And so I, you know, I think, again, a, you know, one way for a company to leverage it would be a way to find a common language in between. It's like, okay, well, we expect it to do this. How many times have you heard? We expect it to do this. Just do your magic, right? <laughs> you know, how many times? Just do your magic, right? It'll work, right? Okay, well, tell you what, we're, we're going to have a primer on my magic. And so here's what you just said you wanted. You see how you painted yourself into a corner. Now I'm going to get you out of that corner, but now we've learned. So, you know, again, I view it as, I always view it as an opportunity to be able to get everybody together um, on the same page using a tool that, like Mike said, that's, its feelings aren't going to get hurt, right? You can go back to it 50 times and go, it doesn't work. It's not going to sit there and purse its lips at you and go, I'm not doing it again, right? Um yeah, but there's something to be said about that, right? Programmers are not necessarily the most <laughs> unprickly people um, when you tell them they did something wrong. So, so, you know, maybe it'll be a nice buffer in between. So, you know, I mean, it's it's worth a shot. That's the way that I look at it. I, I mean, we are, we are, if we had said this 30 years ago, that it would be accelerating at this pace, you know, we'd, we'd be sitting there going, you're nuts, but, it, but it's here and it's, it's, it is an option. And so, I mean, that that in and of itself is pretty cool. Just as long as it doesn't get an attitude, right? That's exactly it. Yeah. Don't get don't give me lip, chat B, GPT. Right, exactly. Just the don't give me lip button, right? Yeah. Do this for me and don't give me lip. So <laughs> and as long as they know we're on their side when they decide to take over the world. You hear that exactly everybody elects us, Siri? Hear that? Cap. When the technical overlords come, just know that you are there supporting it. Absolutely. And and just as a disclaimer or to clarify, uh, ChatGPT can be found at openai.com. So in case you want to get more information about that. So great show, guys. Thank you for being part of it. And I knew that this was going to be a lively conversation. Um, I'd like to thank Mike Krejci from CTI. And CTI uh, is, uh, Aviation is a part of CTI, just as uh, another uh, uh disclaimer and and uh, something to to share with our audience mike how can people get in touch with you and learn more about cti yep uh, you can find us at cti.com uh, cti av on most of the socials uh, you can find me at the mike Krejci on all the socials as well uh, thanks steve uh, rich for having me back and we'll see you next time absolutely thanks for being here and uh, Kate Atkins from Root Integrated Systems. How can people get in touch with you and learn more about your company where you're at? Yep. Um, you can check out uh, Root at rootintegration.com. Um, you can also email me, Kate at rootintegration.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter at code underscore Kate. Uh, I also started recently uh, a YouTube channel with uh, my own, uh, it's, its own Twitter handle. That's uh, at userfriendlyav. It's all one word. Um, there's only one video at the moment, but I just recorded another one. So it should be at least two, maybe three by the time this video or this uh, podcast comes out. So hopefully there'll be a few up there. So if you want to see more about my musings on UI and UX and AV, go check it out. Awesome. So please, please do follow Kate and Mike. They both have some really great things to say. And um, you're, you'll be very appreciative for this recommendation. Rich, uh, great show as usual. How can people get in touch with you and learn more about what you're up to? Uh, you can find me on the socials, uh, the Twitters, uh, all of the other venues that are out there at our Fregosa. If you want to find the company, fregosadesign.com. But as I will say once, I will say always, forever and onward. Uh, I hope the best place that you can find me is here on avianation.tv 
and our slew of shows, obviously here with my partner, Steve, but um, AV Week, Resi Week, Ed Week, I mean, dot, 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 dot. Hopefully you'll find me here on these shows, but you'll also check out our other shows too, because there's lots of great information in all of our expanded verticals. So there you go. Absolutely. We couldn't have said it better. So uh, just visit avnation.tv and you'll get more information and, uh, and make sure you check out and uh, send us a comment or review, share your favorite episode. We'd love to hear from you. And if you have a show topic or are interested in being on a future episode, please let us know about that as well. Uh, for me, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on uh, most, or if not all, social media platforms. And you can reach my company, Control Concepts, at controlconcepts.net. And um, we uh, are looking forward to uh, engaging more with our audience. So please uh, reach out and uh, let us know you're out there. We, we really like to hear from you. And with that, this has been A State of Control. Thank you.